Before today's Educator Escape episode, I wanted to bring something very cool to your attention. If you visit tfdgives.com, you have your chance for a $100 gift every week. $100 to your school, to your classroom. We give away $100 a week to any teacher in the country so if you want to have a chance to win super easy no hoops to jump through no subscriptions no buying anything 100 free for your chance to win every single week visit tfdgifts.com everything's explained there because tfd supplies cares about schools cares about teachers and that is our way of showing it and now today's episode Hello and welcome to the Educator Escape Podcast. My name is Seth Tripp and today is Wednesday, August 22nd, 2018. Hope the start of your week went well. Our family is still getting used to the new schedule and we are crabby because of it, but I still love them anyways. Before we get started, just want to remind you to go check out tfdgives.com to try and get $100. I know I could use it, so go and check it out. Hope you enjoyed Monday's episode with Kimberly Zarate and I talking about her transition to teaching online. If you liked that episode and haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, go search Educator Escape on your favorite podcast site. Also, go check out our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching Educator Escape and get extra content there. Yesterday, I released a pro-con blog piece about the four-day school week on EducatorEscape.com. We'll give that a read if you got a little bit of time. On today's podcast, I talk with special ed teacher Ariel Dahlia about teaching every age group in the special ed setting and how you must reward progress and celebrate every victory. Here is my interview with Ariel Dahlia. I went to high school, Afton, Afton High School in South County. Okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, how funny do you think you are? I'd say 5 or 6. I feel pretty good about my sense of humor. <laughs> you're not, my students say I'm funny, so... so you're, not, put, you're not droll, but you're, but you're not, like, slaying people. Yes. Okay, yeah. okay. No sarcasm in my world. It doesn't go very well, so... Oh, I, <laughs> I have yeah, to rein it in. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, even with even sarcasm with high schoolers is like sometimes just, you know. I know, right? So I feel like I could be funnier, but I have to like kind of hone it in. So okay. <laughs> if you could share a meal with three individuals, living or dead, they don't have to be celebrities. They can be anybody. Who would they be? You know. I watch a lot of Netflix, so probably maybe some people from the cast of The Office or like the cast of Friends would be fun, I feel like. <laughs> I'm going for The Office right now, so. <laughs> what season are you on? Three, but I've watched it before. Oh, okay. okay. This is like rerun again because I have nothing else to watch. I, I saw it was a meme on Facebook the other day that was like paying for Netflix is like paying ten ninety nine a month so you can have the box set of The Office. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what people, yeah. people do. How many pillows do you sleep with? Two to four. Two to four. Yeah, four. <laughs> if, it's, if it's been a rough day, you might go for the four. Four, just like, yeah, just, you know, everything will be okay. 
How many pillows are on my bed, though? That's like seven altogether. Okay. And then what is the last book that you read and completed? For Let's go for fun, because I know you just finished your master's not long ago. So. <laughs> um, I read, oh, what is it called? I think it was How to Stop Time. I'm trying to look at my bookshelf here. Yeah, something like that, where the character has sort of... Can, a condition where he just lives for years and years and years and years. Shakespeare's kind of in there. It's kind of interesting. That was good. Okay, good. I don't get to do a lot of reading because I'm doing this, so I like to get a little a, bu- a book list going. When did you first discover you wanted to be a teacher and kind of the hoops you've gone through to get to where you are today? Well, you know, growing up, my mom was a teacher. I had a very good role model in that, and I always like going with her to set up her classroom and I would always ask her to help grade her papers. And now as a teacher, I know that I was doing her, you know, she's like, here, sure. I felt so cool being able to help out. And she was like, yeah, you do this, I'll go to bed. But yeah, I just it was always around it. And that's just kind of something I always knew I wanted to do. I didn't really discover I might be interested in special education, though, until high school. I just always kind of gravitated toward befriending that population of students you know I just think it's such a unique teaching position I was just really interested in being able to help students in that way as opposed to helping you know students in kind of the general education setting that's kind of why I wanted to be a teacher I'm going to school I just kind of always knew I wanted to so in college I didn't really hit any obstacles with that after you got done with Going through all the all the education and, and things like that, how did you get to your teaching position? Like, what are some of the things that you've done to get to where you are now? I was scheduled to graduate in December of 2015, and I wound up applying for a position on a whim because I was kind of panicking inside because I'm graduating in December and I don't know if I can have a teaching position. I was in a resource room at the time and really loved it. So I was applying for kind of any teaching position that came up. And what came up was a middle and high school position in a very rural school district. And so I applied for that. I got an interview and actually I got a call two hours after I applied (laughs) for that position. So it was kind of like a whirlwind of a day. So I got a call from the principal and I went in to interview the next day and they hired me that day. I went in to interview because whomever they had hired left in October. So that's kind of how I just stumbled and fell into my first teaching position. You know, at the time, I felt really excited and, you know, I was chosen to do this. And so I just kind of went for it because it was something different. I've always been kind of that type of person. So I kind of fell into that. And that was kind of, well, that was a huge struggle because, you know, it's my first teaching position. I'm walking into a classroom that has already been through transition with a teacher coming and leaving in the first six weeks. So in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, what am I walking into that somebody walked out in six weeks? So that was a huge obstacle coming into that. So I taught there for a year and a half with the high school and middle school kids. And, you know, it's something I never thought I would do. It was never part of my vision, but I just kind of fell into it, and I absolutely loved it. With that being said, though, it came with lots of challenges and learning how to manage students and manage adults, because that's also a part of my position. So just 
going through that and being in the rural community presented several challenges because I wasn't used to that either. Mm-hmm. So that was very challenging in my ability to provide different experiences for my student. And so that kind of was something that um, really kind of upset me a little bit. Just I felt like I couldn't service like I wanted to. After a year and a half of that, I kind of revisited my original plan for a career, which is an elementary special education. And so that's how I am where I am today in an elementary classroom in Francis Health. So that's kind of my little background story where I am today. And it's my second year of that. So starting today. So. And and I know we kind of talked a little bit before, but how did the first day of, of school go for you? You know, it went really great. And, you know, this is my first two years in elementary education. So I was calling my mom even today because a lot of my students who left me in spring came back and they look so mature and... They've just grown. I just, I don't know. I have a lot of the same students that I have in previous years. So it's just so nice to see them come back and have grown. And, you know, it went really great. The first year, I never know what to expect with special education. I think I'm in a bit of a honeymoon period because everybody was really great. So it's just nice to start off the school year that way. So I feel really good about how it started. Good deal. So. You know everybody's names and... and yeah. So... You said your mom was a teacher. What? Who is your person that you looked up to in terms of uh, getting into teaching? Is it your mom? Is it? Did you have a teacher in high school or elementary or school where you're like, I want to be that? You know, it's kind of a combination of the two. I, my mom, you know, she taught elementary for years. She teaches actually ESOL now. So kind of watching her grow in her own career was really nice to see. But also I did have a teacher in high school. My favorite teacher was my French teacher, actually. And the reason I liked her so much um, and appreciated her was because French was something really hard for me, but I really liked it. And she was somebody who set very high expectations and really pushed her students, I felt, to grow. Um, that spoke to me more personally than any other teacher I had. Just I felt like she gave me more confidence as a student because I wasn't a very confident student. I was not one to raise my hand and participate or I was not a very good test taker. And she was one that really, I felt, pushed me to come out of my shell a little bit. And she celebrated my victories with me. So she's somebody that I remember from high school and I think you're you know in talking about her I think that's really kind of what pushed me to want to be that for somebody else you just finished up your master's so what did you get your master's in and then what was it like teaching and trying to do all of the master's things at the same time Um, Well, I got my master's in applied behavior analysis, and I did that through Southeast Missouri State Online. So my degree was online, and my degree is all about, you know, the science of behavior and, you know, human behavior and how to use that and apply it to social situations to help primarily students with autism, but it can be 
pretty much anybody because behavior is a science. So my program, the first year was content. So it was all of the classes and the next year was a practicum. It was not easy at all. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna, it was not easy at all. There were a lot of late nights. You know, at one point in time, I started the first year when I was still teaching uh, middle and high school. Um, I did my content year and that was my first full year of teaching. That was very hard. I almost gave up on it, I'll be honest, just because the first semester, just, you know, you have to manage this. And then, of course, with special ed, the IEP paperwork, which is kind of my homework when I go home anyway. And then on top of that, doing more of my own personal homework. So it was really hard to manage that first semester. But, you know, I was really passionate about what I was studying because I originally got into it because I wanted you know, I really just want to help my students. I really have empathy for them when they are showing these behaviors and I wanted to understand why or how to figure out why. So that's kind of what pushed me through. My second year was much smoother because it was practicum and I was actually able to bring that practicum experience to my classroom last year. So I treated my room like an ABA classroom Mm -hmm. and I had a supervisor who would, we would do kind of Skype every week and talk through things. So I really felt like the second year was a year of growth for me. So I really appreciated that, but that doesn't come without, you know, still the late nights. And so, you know, anybody who's pursuing a master's and teaching, picking something you're really passionate about is definitely, that'll get you through. Was there like a a moment that you can remember that you were like, wow, I think I need to be more educated on on this that I feel like I need to go back and I need to service my students. You talk about how you have empathy for them. Is there, was there a moment that you were like, wow, I need to, I need to go and do something about this so I can better serve them. Yeah. You know, being in special education, there are several behaviors that I encounter and I'm trying to pinpoint a moment because there are several where, you know, a student would do something that appeared to be unexpected, like maybe they would become aggressive and kick or hit or throw things at me. And talking about there is a moment, you know, where I personally got injured at work. A student threw something at me and it kind of got me near the eye. And so, you know, kind of in that moment and feeling like I couldn't reach some of the students, a combination of I felt more reactive to what they were doing. And it wasn't that I was angry. I just... Mm-hmm know what to do. So that was kind of the moment where like, you know, my education program provided me the support to educate, but I felt like I needed more information on how to handle different behaviors like that because they happen. So I really just, it comes from a place of wanting to understand why they're doing what they're doing and how to help it instead of reacting in a way that is like anger because I just don't have the tools yet, you know, to help them. So. Okay. All right. Now that you've done all of that, you've stayed up all the late nights and you <laughs> and you now have the diploma and the fancy f- fancy thing when we go to graduation. What do you call that? The sh- I don't know what that's called. It's not a hood. Is it a, is it a hood? No. I think it's a hood. I think you're right. A thing. I can thing. do the motion. If anybody, if <laughs> yeah. most of you, you can't see it because we're in the podcast. It looks like we're strapping on, getting ready for uh, a roller coaster, a suspended <laughs> roller coaster is what's going on. That's really what they do. They come over you and you're like, Zoop, there you go. <laughs> and then and then you try to do it later at another graduation that nobody's doing it for you at, and, you're, and you do it wrong. You're like, <laughs> can I pay somebody to do this for me from now on? But now that you have all those 
those things? What is your vision that you have for what you want to do going forward? I have a couple ambitious goals. Like I think I'd like to go back for my specialist degree in administration next because I think in the long term, I'd really like to be more of a special education coordinator role. So kind of just moving towards that. I know I love special education. There's really nothing like it. So I think that's kind of what I meant to do. But, you know, I would love to in a few years tackle on a behavior analyst role where I am there to consult. Mm -hmm. and specifically help teachers address these issues that are happening in class and putting together plans for those students. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. Or maybe what has been your your favorite group to teach so far and why. Mm -hmm. And you can bring it down by grade. You can bring it down by year that you taught. I'm trying to think. That's kind of hard because I have worked with all, and I actually work with preschool this summer. If I... (laughs) It's so hard. You know, I think my favorite group that I've worked with, you know, it has to be my first group, like, you know, back at the high school. And just because that's never where I thought I'd be. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like my first group of students, my group of seniors who graduated the following year. I took them out into the community and did activities with them. And I taught them how to cook and I taught them how to do other things. So I really, when I think about my career, I think really fondly on that. And I really enjoy that because, um, you know, just kind of watching them grow through their elementary years, I really enjoy. When they're in kindergarten and first grade, they're still very young and, you know, not as aware. (laughs) And just, um, you know, just, you know, but in the upper elementary, like I'm seeing my students finally like make friends in third grade. They're finally making friends and they're wanting, like I had a student who wouldn't participate in recess and I asked someone, well, I don't know how to play basketball. So for his social skills lessons, I would take him out with another boy and we would play basketball together. So I really enjoy helping them develop socially in that age because I feel like that's really what helps them in the long run is those social skills. I don't know if I can pick a favorite. I don't think I answered your question specifically, but... But yeah, I really enjoy kind of where I'm at now, watching them grow developmentally in those later elementary years. That's so. That's a good reason not to not to pick is that you is that they all are great for you. I think that's yeah. they all have something to offer. They really do. <laughs> they really do. I've done the whole gamut as well. My actually my first job in teaching altogether was I was at a kindergarten only elementary school that was I was in a special ed classroom as a as an aide in a pre-k k classroom <laughs> I, I realized very quickly that it was not for me uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just giggling for because I know what that's like <laughs> and this was before I had children so the the side of you know poop wasn't as as normal for me <laughs> so yeah that happened yeah and so I did that, and I did I did do I was an aide in a second through fourth grade classroom, and I did middle school, and of course I did several years of high school and stuff, and I I think I like sophomores the most, but I can definitely tell you that below the age of twelve, they're they're just weird. It's <laughs> weird to me. So you're much braver than me. They're so fun. <laughs> I get I get I get why they're fun. I get why they're fun, but it's the same reason why people think they're fun. I think they're annoying. So, 
You know, and I feel the same way about, you know, some of the high school and middle school experiences I've had. But just, I, you know. That's why That's why we've all been given a, a, a certain gift towards, towards one area. We can't all be good at one thing. You know, they talk about everybody's part of a body. You know, we can't all be an eye. We can't all be a nose. Right. I'm obviously a stomach. <laughs> but but anyways, what has been, because you're the, the, the youngest, you're doing second through fifth grade right now but that's still pretty young what is the hardest part about teaching special ed with the 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 youngest of students you know what's been really hard for me because i do teach the youngest of students and i also teach the more the most severe of students in my classroom so what's been hard for me and kind of kind of working towards how to overcome it is kind of the amount of progress you make over time and you have to kind of look at it over time because I would find myself very frustrated in myself. Like I was not educating well enough because some students in my room, they all make progress. I don't want to say that, but it is slower progress. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that can be frustrating. Something that's been hard for me with elementary too is, you know, observing my students, you know, out in the playground, for example, Um, I do a lot of social skills with my elementary friends, kind of be excluded from peers, you know, early on. So that is kind of hard to see for me personally and kind of figuring out how to coach them through and, again, make friends because that's really important. So it's been challenging. And then, of course, you know, the behaviors that I see, you know, that are have not been brought under control in some way. So I saw a lot of new things last year, right. my first year of elementary. So just a combination of those things. But any teaching job is always hard. Okay. Special education gives a unique flair. A new challenge for me this year actually is, well, and last year too, but I have more this year, working with nonverbal students. Okay. That's been something that is a challenge because, you know, I don't have – I didn't feel like going into it. I had a whole lot of experience with that because by the time they make it to high school, they usually have an effective mode of communication in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So actually teaching students and I'll be helping to do this this year, use an iPad to speak. It's kind of challenging because you kind of have to teach yourself how they're talking. So that that's just a little challenge that I'm working through this year. What, pro- what program are you using with that? A lot of our students use uh, lamps. lamps. It spells the lamps that you have, you know, that make light lamps. <laughs> I do love lamp. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so that's the program that a lot of my students use. It's new to me. Last year, a student used iTouch. So just, yeah, just kind of teaching myself how they learn to speak has been, well, it's challenging. Right, right. So on the flip side, what has been the most rewarding part since you switched over? I mean, again, just being there for their early years and trying to, you know, learn how to manage certain things. (laughs) My favorite is social skills always, just because they run into little social skills, you know, (laughs) deficits. And really just seeing the growth at that age, I just love, even though it can be in small pockets, but celebrating the small victories Mm -hmm. And also, I feel like, I don't know, my personality, I think, just suits elementary a bit more. You can be a little bit more, you know, theatrical and magical in your voice. And it actually works. High schoolers roll their eyes at you. So I just feel like I, you know, it's just fun. I have a good good time during my day. You so. sound, sound like it's sort of 
a little bit like you said with with your French teacher that she said that she would celebrate small victories with and it seems kind of like you've sort of adopted that as as part of your favorite part of teaching yes and actually something that I do in my classroom which I didn't really think would take off or that anybody would pay attention to it is I have a little poster of a gumball machine that says oh it says on the top you've gum a long way because <laughs> I'm really clever and every time, because every Friday we go and I take data on their goals and they can fill in their graphs. And if they've made progress, they can put a gumball in the gumball machine. And when we fill it up, we have a party. And I tell you what, if there was a Friday where I wasn't there or, a, you know, I didn't get to a student that day because things happen, they would all notice. Like, you know, you didn't do the thing where you see if we earn a gumball yet. And whenever they filled up the gumball, we had... A party and they were really proud of themselves so that's just i don't know it's kind of they notice when they're making progress even if i mean it doesn't matter on what kind of developmental level they all notice so it's really important to reward any progress i think thank you ariel for joining me on the podcast and thank you all for listening if you would like to catch more episodes of the podcast, search Educator Escape on your favorite podcast site and hit the subscribe button. Also, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and like our page on Facebook. Go check out my blog on the four-day school week on educatorscape.com if that's something you want to get more informed about. On Friday, I'm joined by ELA Curriculum Coordinator Rena Hirsch about how to best support teachers. I will leave you with this before I go. Education is not preparation for life. Education is life itself. John Dewing. Have a great day, and I will see you on Friday.